Wednesday, March 21st, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City that is Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We try to talk sports with a little bit of common sense, maybe just a touch of sarcasm, and we are happy to have you here with us today on this Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. You know, today, you might not realize it, March 21st is actually National Common Courtesy Day. So make sure you're using those manners today as you go through your day, saying please, saying thank you, saying excuse me, all those things that you learned as a kid, part of your manners, you got to make sure you follow those. Also, make sure that you're avoiding you know, certain places where there aren't going to be any manners. Maybe that's a public sporting event. Maybe that's your local Walmart. Whatever it might be, we know manners are not always followed to the T in those kind of places. Now, if you would like to show us your best manners and email us or text us or tweet at us or send us a message on Facebook, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what great manners that you have. Maybe some of the manners that you think get forgotten. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. Today on the show, we do have a few news stories coming out in breaking news we want to discuss. Plus, I know that NFL free agency is slowing down a little now. There are still a few players out there that are available. But we want to stop, take a look at some of the early winners and losers so far in the NFL offseason. Talk a little NFL there. And as we do, I would say every, but on most Wednesdays, we will have our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings. Hump Day! You never know what we might be ranking today. A couple things coming out in the world of breaking news. First and foremost, in Major League Baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be without third baseman Justin Turner for a little while after he broke his left wrist getting hit by a pitch against the Oakland A's on Monday. Now, on Tuesday, they did get an x-ray. They don't think he's going to need surgery. Maybe it won't be quite as long. When you first hear that, you're thinking that might be a month's injury. But now it's sounding like it might be more like weeks that Justin Turner will be out. Here's the thing. Don't forget how pivotal Turner's play was last year for the Dodgers. I mean, when he was good, they were very, very good. And when he disappeared in the postseason, yes, so did they. So they do want Turner back. But then again, the Major League Baseball season lasts, what, like nine months or something? I mean, Turner could come back, break his other wrist, and still be back by like the 4th of July really, really easy. (laughs) So I'm not going to worry too much about Justin Turner. But maybe that forces the Dodgers to get off to a little bit slower of a start than they would like. Also, it was announced yesterday that freshman guard Trey Young is going to be leaving the University of Oklahoma. He will enter the June NBA draft. We expected that he probably would. You know, Trey Young's just 19. And he delivered a first-team All-American season to the Sooners. I mean, he's being compared to a young Stephen Curry. Projections to become probably a lottery pick. Now, Trey Young's stock is never going to be higher. So he has to go. Like, he doesn't have a choice. He has to go. But I did see some things in his career that do concern me a little bit. I told you before, I think his ball handling ability, his ability to play point guard, 
Make him at least a feasible player in the NBA. You know, when Steph Curry was coming out and everyone was looking at him as like a two guard, said, well, can he defend a two? Can he really play a two? He's a slight guy. Trey Young has the advantage of he's been playing point guard. There's no question about his vision. There's no question about his passing ability. Told you before, I think he has a really, really good handle on the ball. That helps him as well. But he did struggle at times to get his own shot off. He's a small guy. I know there are going to be comparisons to Steph Curry. Steph Curry's bigger than this. Yes, he's slight, but he's about 6'3". I think Trey Young's about six foot, six one maybe. There may even be comparisons to someone like Steve Nash. Again, I've seen Steve Nash up close in person. He's about 6'3", 6'4". He's not as small as you might think he is. Now, Trey Young going to that next level, that's going to be a big jump. I saw him struggle to get his shot off against like Rhode Island. Hey, the Rhode Island Rams are not an NBA team by any stretch. So there are a few concerns, a few questions that I would have about Trey Young. I think he'll be okay, but I'll say this. Keep working, Trey Young. You've got a ways to go. Some other news coming out in the NFL. Apparently, Penn State running back Saquon Barkley did not work out at Penn State's Pro Day after he learned that there wouldn't be any NFL running back coaches there. Barkley had planned to participate in workouts for pro personnel on Tuesday, and there were some other Penn State players involved in those workouts, but when he saw there were no running back coaches there, he said, well, no, I'm not going to do it. Now, this may get spun that Barkley is just, you know, not that guy, and I know we're all big on Barkley, but here he is. He wouldn't even work out on a pro day. Maybe he's not the great guy we think he is. Are there some questions about Saquon Barkley? Tune in next. Slow down on all this stuff. Here's a question I have for you. He did everything at the combine. He lifted. He ran. He jumped. I don't know. He swam. He fished. He kayaked. Whatever the silly thing was that they asked him to do at the NFL combine, he did all those things. So if he doesn't work out at the pro day, who cares? Here is the question that I have. For a running back, what is it that he's going to do at a pro day? Like, is he going to go out and run again? Does he have to go do the 40 again? Do you have him run through coaches, slapping him with brooms? What is it he's going to do? I don't have any idea. That seems like a huge waste of time to me. Doesn't change one bit my opinion of Saquon Barkley. I don't blame him. I think a lot of these pro days and a lot of this stuff is silly anyways. Saquon Barkley not working out at Penn State's Pro Day might get talked about. Honestly, as a lot of things are, it's not news. Hey, coming back, NFL free agency was fast and wild there for a few days last week as players were moving all over and getting new contracts. But who were the winners and losers, at least so far? We're going to talk about that when we get back. Like I said, NFL free agency opened last week, and while there are still a number of players out there without new deals, we did see plenty of movement as teams were quick to sign different players to new contracts. And there was some money being thrown around, a little bit haphazardly, I would say. But here's the question. Who are the early winners and losers of NFL free agency, at least so far? Because, like I said, there are still some players out there 
that if certain teams were to grab, it would change the way we look at this. But we got to see where some of those players end up. So let's take a look at some winners and losers so far in NFL free agency. Winner. I'm going to give a winner to Chicago Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Now, I would say the Chicago Bears are the winners here. But honestly, who knows? I mean, the NFC North is a pretty tough division. So while this might improve their offense, maybe, is it really going to mean that the Bears move up in the standings? I have no idea. I mean, who do they move ahead of? The Vikings? No. The Packers? Probably not. The Lions? Maybe. Yeah, the Bears could possibly move ahead of the Lions. We'll have to see. So if you're looking at that and you say, hey, the Bears really got a lot better. Well, if you finished third in the North, did you really get that much better? Yes, somewhat. But there is no question that quarterback Mitch Trubisky did get a few more weapons to throw to. Wide receiver Allen Robinson is a good young wideout. If he can regain his form coming off that knee injury, Allen Robinson is going to change how that Bears offense looks a little bit. They weren't done. They also got tight end Trey Burton. He's a very, very athletic tight end. Could give Trubisky that security blanket of having that big tight end out there in the pass pattern that he can always spot. Question for Burton has always been his health. Rarely ever healthy. We'll see if he can stay healthy, stay on the field. And while the Bears paid way too much for Taylor Gabriel, he could be a decent slot receiver. I think they overpaid for him. So I can't just say across the board the Chicago Bears were the winners. No. But Mitch Trubisky is a winner because he definitely got some more weapons. You have some help now, Mitch. Go do something with it. I'm going to give a loser to Buffalo Bills quarterback A.J. McCarron. You know, McCarron had to really press, do some legal work to get released from his contract with the Cincinnati Bengals. And when he did that, we kind of thought that teams might hurry up to scoop him up and sign him immediately. Remember what we talked about last week. A.J. McCarron is a guy we haven't seen yet. He was sitting on the bench in Cincinnati, came on in relief of Andy Dalton a few times, looked okay. So we thought maybe teams would fall in love with A.J. McCarron. Yeah, not so much. In fact, the New York Jets signed Teddy Bridgewater before A.J. McCarron. And then the Arizona Cardinals signed Sam Bradford instead of A.J. McCarron. So let me see if I have this straight. A guy that nearly lost his leg and a guy that basically doesn't have any legs got signed before A.J. McCarron. That can't be a good sign, can it? Oh, and also one more thing. Yeah, he signed for backup quarterback money with the Buffalo Bills. So he gets to get paid like the backup he was in Cincinnati, but now he also gets to get hit too. Well played, A.J. McCarron. Nicely done. I'm going to give a winner to the Los Angeles Rams, sort of. It wasn't necessarily free agency, but the Rams made a few trades to upgrade their roster. The Rams wanted to upgrade that defensive secondary. And it looks like they have done so with a few trades for cornerbacks Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. Of course, both Tlaib and Peters are, you know, a little nuts. I mean, talented, yes, no question. But crazy as loons. Now, defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, he has a history of keeping guys like this in line. But I'm telling you, he's going to have his work cut out for him here. If Wade Phillips can keep these guys focused... Yes, the Rams will be better. If not, we could see 
Big fireworks in LA. Should be a lot of fun. I'm going to give a loser to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, the knock on the Colts is that they just haven't surrounded quarterback Andrew Luck with that much help. So they went out this year. They were going to set things straight. They have about $75 million to spend in free agency. So who did the Colts go get? Um, yeah. Well, they went and got tight end Eric Ebron. Wide receiver Ryan Grant. I mean, they did get a new coach in Frank Reich after Joshie McDaniels left them at the altar. So, I mean, I guess there's that. But they really didn't do much in the way of going and getting players. I just can't figure out why Andrew Luck isn't in a big hurry to come back. It's kind of a big surprise, isn't it? So weird that he doesn't want to hurry back. Has no help around him. Has a bad shoulder. Keeps getting hit. He's had his spleen like ruptured for him. Yeah, I can't figure out why he doesn't want to hurry back. Kind of odd. Got to give a winner to Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. You know, on the other side of Andrew Luck is the new Vikings quarterback because Kirk Cousins shows up in Minnesota and he's got a pretty stacked defense. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got some solid running backs and he's got some explosive wide receivers. I mean, Kirk Cousins now has Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and tight end Kyle Rudolph. Oh, and by the way, just quick side note, he got $84 million and it's all guaranteed money. Now, downside for Kirk Cousins, you're going to play in the NFC. It's going to be tough. And you have some serious expectations to deal with. Because it is Super Bowl or bust for the Minnesota Vikings. Make no mistake about that. Just getting to the playoffs, not enough. Just a solid season, not enough. It is Super Bowl, and not just Super Bowl, Super Bowl win or bust for Kirk Cousins. But hey, Kirk Cousins is definitely a winner. All that money, all those weapons, yeah, no question about it. Kirk Cousins is a winner. I'm going to give a loser to my home team. Yes, the Denver Broncos. Now, when I say this, you might misunderstand my reasoning for giving the Broncos a loser. I don't label the Broncos losers for getting quarterback Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins was insanely expensive. In order to get Kirk Cousins, the Broncos would have had to cut what little assets they do have on the roster. No, no, no. My problem with Denver is that they haven't found much help to surround Case Keenum with. This roster has a ton of holes. Running backs, average. Wide receivers, average. Tight end, below average. Offensive line, abysmal. Now, I just hope that the Broncos and Broncos fans don't think Case Keenum fixes all those holes. Because going to get a more experienced version of Trevor Simeon isn't going to win any more games unless they go get a better supporting cast to put around him. They haven't done that at all so far. They literally haven't signed anyone except for Case Keenum and like a backup veteran cornerback. That's it. Hey, this NFL draft coming up in a few weeks is looming large for John Elway and for the Denver Broncos. Because here's the thing. They have put a ton of eggs into that basket. They cannot afford to miss because they didn't go sign any help. And I don't mean that they can't afford to miss or they won't become a contender. 
I mean, if they don't go get some legitimate contributors to this roster, the Denver Broncos are looking at becoming the Cleveland Browns really, really quickly. Yeah, I'd say Denver is a big loser so far. I'm going to give a winner to the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles because how many times do we see the Super Bowl champs get picked over by all the jackals trying to steal some Super Bowl magic? But really, the Eagles managed to re-sign linebacker Nigel Bradham, and then they also managed to sign Haloti Nada. They got Michael Bennett in that trade. They got Daryl Worley, too. And despite what all the talking heads were saying on all the big sports channels, the Eagles haven't actually traded quarterback Nick Foles for like a second-round pick or whatever they were saying. I got to give the Eagles some credit. They went and got a little more help. They didn't get picked over and didn't lose a ton of talent. And of course, they kept that backup quarterback that is really, really nice to have. It's a nice luxury to have in today's NFL. Hold on to Nick Foles. You don't need him going anywhere right now. Finally, I'm going to give my last loser. Oh, I know. I'm going to get in trouble when I put this one out there. I'm going to give my last loser to the New England Patriots, though. Yes, I know they have Tom Brady. They have Bill Belichick. They play in the AFC East, so they're guaranteed of winning 12 games every single year. But this offseason has not been too kind to the Patriots just yet. Cornerback Malcolm Butler, who did make one of the biggest plays in team history. Yeah, he's now a Tennessee Titan. Danny Amendola, who it seems like he's always kind of banged up. He's always kind of hurt. But hey, he made a lot of plays in the postseason. Yeah, Amendola is now a Dolphin. Running back Deion Lewis, nice change of pace back. Can do some things out of the backfield catching the ball. Can run it a little bit. He's also a Titan. Offensive tackle Nick Solder has joined the New York Giants. And I realize he had probably taken a step back. But don't forget, the Patriots' offensive line wasn't great last year. Now, I know. I know what Patriots fans are saying. The Bill Belichick just plugs in new guys. Everything is better. But at some point, all these personnel decisions, they've got to hurt a little bit, don't they? You can't just keep overcoming losses like this. And the more disturbing thing I think about all these losses were the guys that left talking about the atmosphere in New England. And it wasn't all glowing. And it wasn't all positive. Yeah, I would say at least right now, the New England Patriots are definitely a loser in NFL free agency. Hey, coming back, we have seen so many upsets in March Madness. I mean, we have two number one seeds Already gone. And we're just to the Sweet 16. So who are actually the favorites to win this crazy tournament now? Never fear. We're going to let you know via the Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings right after this. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles. They feature your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. April's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Artifacts, and it features items from Marvel Comics, Lord of the Rings, The Legend of Zelda, and The Dark Crystal. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type Daily Dose into that coupon box. You can get 10% off your order. If you're looking for items for your desk, for your house, for your car, for your pet, just close. Head over to LootCrate.com. They have just about any item you can think of covering a number of different franchises 
with TV shows, movies, and video games. So make sure you stop by LootCrate.com and check out what they've got going on over there. Okay, as we do every single Wednesday, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings. You know, Hump Day. we knew this year that the NCAA tournament was going to be crazy. There are so many talented teams, yet there are so many talented teams that still have flaws. I mean, even a number one seed is not immune this year, apparently, in the first round. Like, we could always at least get them through the first round. Not this year. Here is something to think about. I'm going to throw some quick numbers at you. Don't get overwhelmed. Right now, remaining in this tournament, we have 16 teams left. We have two number one seeds, just two number two seeds, two number three seeds, only one four seed, we have three number fives, two number sevens, two number nines, and two number 11 seeds. How crazy is that? So right now, looking at this goofy tournament, who is actually the favorite to win? Well, we today turn to the people that we trust the most in looking at predicting sports. That's right. Las Vegas. Where they don't care who wins as long as they win. So right now, here are the Vegas odds for who is going to win this tournament. Counting down from 16, we rank the teams in March Madness by Vegas odds. Number 16 on our list. Hey, got to be the team that probably has... I guess the least respect out there. The number 11 seeded Loyola Chicago Ramblers. They have the lowest odds to win this tournament. They are at 100 to 1 odds. But so far, Loyola has beaten the 6 seed Miami. And then they beat the 3 seed Tennessee Volunteers. Next up, number 7 Nevada. Is it that far-fetched to think that Loyola could win another round or two? I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's see what Loyola does. Could they go on and win 101 odds if they did? Moving up to number 15. Hey, no one even had this team in a tournament, but they've managed to win not two games like everyone else has. They've won three games because the Syracuse Orange had to play in that goofy play-in game too. Syracuse so far has beaten Arizona State, they beat TCU, and they beat Michigan State. Not bad. They're sitting at number 15. At number 14 team that is quietly going out and just winning the Kansas State Wildcats are a 60 to 1 shot but what they have done so far actually might not impress you that much first K-State beat number 8 Creighton and then they somehow used old-fashioned K-State ingenuity to beat that number 16 University of Maryland Baltimore County Retriever team okay K-State might not have the best resume they're sitting at 60 to 1 at number 14 Moving on to number 13, a little bit of a sneaky team, also at 60 to 1, Florida State, who does have a better resume because Florida State beat Missouri. Then they beat number one Xavier, looked very good doing it. Now they get number four Gonzaga. That should be a very, very interesting game. Moving up to number 12, we have the Clemson Tigers. They're also sitting at 60 to 1, probably based more on that reputation because this Clemson team is very, very talented. They beat a better than people thought Charleston team in the first round, and then they ran number four Auburn just out of the gym on Sunday by 30. Clemson sitting at 12. 
Number 11, the Nevada Wolfpack is a 50-1 to favorite to win the title, which is kind of crazy when you think about Nevada because they were stumbling down the stretch. They lost to San Diego State twice. Now, they have beaten number 10 Texas and number 2 Cincinnati. Next up, they get Loyola Chicago. Nevada sitting at 11. At number 10, we have Texas A&M. They are a 30-1 to favorite. So far, the Aggies have slipped past Providence and then... They just crushed defending champion North Carolina on Sunday. Surely Texas A&M can't do this, right? I don't know, 30 to 1. I mean, we didn't think they could beat North Carolina either, so maybe. Sitting at number 9 at a 15 to 1 shot is Texas Tech at number 8. I wasn't particularly impressed with West Virginia going into the dance, but West Virginia has been somewhat impressive. They blew out two lower-ranked opponents. West Virginia is a 12 to 1 team sitting at number 8. At number 7, we have Purdue. And I just really wish Isaac Hass were healthy, but the Boilermakers have a chance to win this whole thing. They are sitting at 8 to 1. At number 6, we have the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yes, they had to escape in the first round against UNC Greensboro. But then they went out and beat a very good Ohio State team. Now, they get that scrappy Florida State squad. See what Gonzaga does. They're sitting at number six. Now we get into our top five. Here are the top five teams right now, according to Vegas, still in this tournament. At number five, speaking of escaping, the Michigan Wolverines are a seven to one favorite. And we all know they just barely survived Houston to get here. Now, sometimes you look at a team like that and you think, hey, they just had to scrape past Houston. I mean, their luck's going to run out at some point. Maybe. But sometimes a win like that can just galvanize a team and they get confidence and they just think, hey, it doesn't matter. Things are going to go our way. We're going to find a way. We just found a way to win an improbable game last round. Who says we can't do it again? Have to keep an eye on Michigan. They sit at number five. Moving up to number four, the Kentucky Wildcats are rolling. They're a seven to one favorite, but they haven't exactly played anyone too tough. They beat Davidson. They beat Buffalo. Kentucky comes in at number four. At number three, they weren't great in the first round, but the Kansas Jayhawks looked pretty good after they got past Penn in that first round because then they beat number eight Seton Hall. Next up, they get Clemson. The Kansas Jayhawks are a six to one favorite to win this whole thing. At number two, we've got a team that can't play any defense, but they're so talented. The Duke Blue Devils, they crushed Iona. They handled Rhode Island. The Duke Blue Devils are a 4-1 to favorite to win the whole thing. And finally, at number one, we have the team that Las Vegas is favoring above everyone else. At 18-5 to odds right now, the Villanova Wildcats are the leading team to win the whole thing according to Las Vegas bookmakers. They have been very impressive. They have looked good in every single game they've played. One thing to think about this, though, as we look at these rankings, because you might think, hey, that top four, Villanova, Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky, that could be our final four, right? Those four teams, at least so far, have looked like the best teams in this tournament. But remember, Kansas and Duke are in the same bracket. They will play each other, which means someone else is going to get through. Kind of a weird bracket, 
that all those teams got put in that same corner over there. But Kansas and Duke are still going to have to play each other as long as they keep winning. That's going to eliminate one of them. Someone else is going to have to step up. It is going to continue to be a wild, crazy tournament. Honestly, I have no idea what to expect. Every single team, very talented. Every single team has its flaws. Going to be very, very fun. Hey, tomorrow on The Daily Dose, we will be discussing the latest news in sports. We will see what stories just might be coming out. Plus, we will take a brief look at each of those Thursday Sweet 16 matchups. Got a couple really, really good games coming up tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. And as usual on Thursday, we will have our daily dose overreactions of the week as we take a look at some of the things that sports media world is telling us. We just kind of go, yeah, that kind of seems like that doesn't make the most sense. Take a look at some of the things coming out in the world of sports this week. Hey, I'd say thank you so much for listening to and for sharing the show. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the text. Thank you for the tweets. It is all appreciated. If you would like to contact us for any reason, hit us up, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, we would appreciate that so much. Wherever it is that you listen, just click that little subscribe button. Helps us get seen by a few more people. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.